to share together. I want to talk a little bit about here comes Jesus. Here comes Jesus. So there was a book that was written around 2014 that was called Quirkology. How we discover big truths in small things. And it was written by a psychologist by the name of Richard Wiseman. And some of the things it talks about is that people have quirks. And you can't really understand these certain quirks, but people just have them, and there are things that they like to do. I have a few quirks. One of them is I don't like people trying to tell me how to spell my name. My name is spelled J-O-H-N-N-I-E. That's what's on my birth certificate, my social security card. That's on my driver's license. That's my daddy's name. That's his daddy's name, except it was John Cleveland Simpson. That's his daddy's name, and that's actually his daddy's name. So even though I'm junior, I'm really the fourth one in the line. Uh, But J-O-H-N-N-I-E. Almost got kicked out of school because they tried to tell me that I couldn't put Johnny on my diploma because it was a legal document and you can't put a nickname on the diploma. I am a little quirky about my name. I'm not bitter, but I am a little quirky about my name. Uh, I'm quirky when I ran track and field. Uh, I got into the block the exact same way every time. I could tell you exactly how many feet my uh, left foot and my right foot needed to be from the starting line, and I had the same routine. I'd jump up three times. I'd bend over, stretch my legs out, and then I'd crawl into the backwards, stretching my calves out until I got into the block. I have a quirk. Those are certain kind of quirks. There are other kind of quirks where they can't explain the correlation between different things. One of the examples that is, is uh, put in, in, in research is that uh, uh, a single guy that uses a strange or even weird pickup line in the club is more likely to get a phone number than someone who uses some, some old forms of, of lines like come here often. Uh, they say it says instead of saying come here often, if you opened up with something like if you were a pizza topping, what would you be? Those who are quirky seem to have a little bit more success. And it says in this book, Quirkology is filled with all kinds of insights. Uh, one thing is that uh, your last name, they say, has a, 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 an impact on your career choice. That's why there are a disproportionate number of marine biologists with the last name Fish. There's another one that they talk about when they talk about these quirks. They say that when somebody is lying, the best way to find out is not with their eyes. Because people will look you dead in the face. Oh yeah, 
They'll look you dead in the face and lie, but the best way to tell if somebody's lying is with their, your ears because they'll give very little detail and they'll very rarely say I. Uh, and I say this because this is a, 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 this, in, this Palm Sunday service. Uh, the passage that was read in the gospel according to Matthew is a bit quirky. It's a bit strange. There's a whole bunch of strange things going on in the text. But if you were a first century Hebrew, a lot of this would have already made sense. Uh, somebody riding into town on a donkey, that's kind of strange. Somebody waving palm branches around talking about Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, that's kind of strange. Laying down your coat in front of it so that he could walk on it, that's kind of strange. But the people of God were waiting on somebody, so it was not strange to them. Matter of fact, they had said Hosanna, Hosanna multiple times before Jesus decided to come in because they were looking for a savior and they had this savior. They were, they were looking for a savior because they were under oppression from the Roman government. And in looking in and in being under oppression, they were looking for a military savior. And so anybody that stood up to the Roman government and tried to fight them whenever they came around, they, they eventually lost because the Roman government at the time had one of the largest military powers there were. But if you were able to hold them off for a couple weeks, when you came to town, people said, Hosanna, Hosanna, because they were looking for a militaristic savior. And, and, and so Jesus is, 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 the other reason is because kings rode on donkeys. Um, they also rode on horses, and, 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 and what was going on is that when they said uh, when Jesus was coming in to Jerusalem on a donkey, he was letting everybody know, All right. I'm that guy. Amen. Amen. And they put their coats on the ground by saying, when they were putting their coats on the ground, they were saying, I agree. Uh, and so we have the preparation. Let the church say preparation. Preparation. Uh, there's a mountain and there is a mission. They are at the Mount of Olives and Jesus gives them, the disciples, uh, 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 to go. He sends them into the next village and says that they need to bring back a donkey and a colt to ride on. That is a great act of faith. That, uh, that is a great act of faith for him to say, go to the nearest village, grab a donkey and a colt and take it. And if anybody asks about it, say that the Lord needs it and they'll be okay with that. That takes a whole lot of faith because to do that in 2017, that would be the equivalent of you going up to a gay Buick dealership on 45 and grabbing a brand new car. And driving it off the lot, no talking to the finance department, no paying, no exchanging cash, no doing anything. Just walk out with the car. And if somebody says, hey, what are you doing? The Lord needs it. There are two things about that. Number one, that is a great act of faith. And number two, that shows us just who a king is. You know, an average person can't just walk up into some place and take something without asking. 
They got plenty of facilities to put you in for you can stay a little while, maybe 10 to 20, 5 or 10, if you want to think about what you've done. An average person cannot do that, but a king can. Why? Because a king is sovereign. A king owns everything. A king rules and reigns supreme. I got some Bible for that right around Psalm 24. The earth is the Lord's. And the fullness thereof, that's everything that is in it. And so when he has this time that he's coming, he's actually showing that I am a king. And that takes a lot of faith. Are you willing to step out on that kind of faith? I'm not telling anybody around here to go walk up to a dealership and try to walk off with a car. But I'm talking about the amount of faith that it would take. Are you willing to step out on that much faith? How big is the God that makes these miracles in your life? How much do you spend? How much time do you spend with him? How are you willing to call upon him? How big of a thing are you willing to ask for him? And so we have this preparation and then we have the prophecy. Let the church say prophecy. Uh, This was done to fulfill a prophecy. Zechariah 9 and 9 talks about a, a, a rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter, king of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. A righteous and having salvation is he humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. He is fulfilling the prophecy. See, in the Old Testament, they say that Jesus is concealed. And in the New Testament, they say that Jesus is revealed. The Old Testament is there to show us, number one, the lineage of Jesus. It's also to show us the the, the prophets and everything that they tried to do to get the people of God to act right over and over again. But the other thing it was to do is to put out the prophecies for the Messiah. Somebody's coming to save you. He's going to be born of this town. He's going to come from this lineage. He's going to do this. He's going to do that. And one of the things that Zechariah said is he's going to come into town riding on a donkey. Kings ride on donkeys, but kings ride on donkeys in times of peace. Mm, If you see a king riding on a horse in the text, if you saw a king riding on a horse during these biblical times, that meant there was a war going on. But when they would when they would uh, when, when they would win the war, they would come back on a donkey. And everybody would see it. There'd be a parade put out on display, put to the test. Hey, look, everybody, I just beat somebody. Uh, And Jesus was coming in on a donkey because this was not a time of war. We were not going to need a militaristic savior. We were not going to need somebody to fight these battles coming up. Jesus was here to let us know that the battle had already been fought. Hey, everybody, look at me. I have beaten death, hell, and the grave. Hey, everybody, look at me. I have beaten that sickness in your body. Hey, everybody, look at me. I have beaten that relationship that won't be smoothed over in your family. He's letting everybody know that the battle has been won. And so he came riding on a donkey, and he was being unassuming. He was being humble, but he was letting everybody know without telling. Uh, They say that an empty wagon makes the most noise. And the best fighters I've seen have always been the most quietest. And so for him to not come in on a horse, for him to come in on a donkey was letting everybody know that I've got this. Uh, So he fulfilled this prophecy and he was welcomed by a huge crowd. They prepared his path. People laid these coats out and spread branches on the road, and they proclaimed his presence. They shouted out praise for the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. This Hosanna, this Hosanna. I said that they've said it multiple times. One that immediately comes to mind is a man by the name of Judas Maccabeus. 
a couple hundred years before Jesus Christ, he had fought the Roman army. He held them off for about a week, and then they called for reinforcements. And that beatdown that ensued no longer, it took care of Judas Maccabeus. But during that time that he held those Roman, the Roman army off, they shouted out, Hosanna, Hosanna. They laid palms down when he came through the city. He came in on a donkey, but Judas Maccabeus could not save the people of God for long. The Roman government called in reinforcements and he lost. But I'm here to say that, that even though that happened 100 years before Jesus Christ, when we get to Matthew 21, this time we got it right. Amen. There are sometimes you have these do-overs. There are sometimes you get what they call mulligans. Everyone was trying to be the Savior, but this was an opportunity for Jesus to actually be a Savior. And so they said that this is the one who comes and he's the son of David. Everything that was prophesied for Jesus, he did it. He had to be the lion of the tribe of Judah. He was. He had to be born of a virgin. He was. His lineage came from Joseph's family, so he had the right day. He was born in the right town, and he was hidden in Egypt and he was from Galilee and all of these things happened everything that had to happen for Jesus to become the Messiah everything that they were predicting came to fruition and here we have this Palm Sunday celebration to let us know that he is here Amen. and so he's welcomed by this huge crowd and they're saying I agree uh, coats were pretty expensive to come by during those times. That was not just something you had. I know we can go to discount coat shops and coat factories and we, can, we have a whole bunch of stores where we can go get a coat anytime we want. It didn't work like that during those times. And so these people were laying their coats down because they were sacrificing for him. One of the parallel gospels when they talk about the people saying, Hosanna, Hosanna, say that if I don't if they don't praise, the rocks will cry out. That's why it's called a sacrifice of praise. Sometimes you got to understand that you can't praise because of, but you have to praise in spite of. Uh, the, our lives are full of ups and downs. There are troubles and trials that are going to go all the time, but will you still praise your God? Will you still praise your God when you're ready to cuss somebody out at work? Will you still praise your God when your husband or your wife ain't acting right? Will you still praise your God when your kids ain't acting right? You have to praise in spite of sometimes, not because of. And so they proclaim his praises. They say, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest heaven. Hosanna literally means save now. They weren't waiting for something to happen in the future. They were asking to be saved now. I got sickness in my body. Hosanna, save now. I got more month than money. Hosanna, save now. I need a doctor right now. Save now. I don't know where my kids are at. They ain't came home. Hosanna, save now. We got to be willing to sacrifice this praise and spend time going to the Father through much prayer and much supplication to have our requests be made known to the Lord. Hosanna, save now. And so they shout that praise because they want him to save now. 
I'm sick of what's going on in the world. Hosanna, save now. Every time I open up the newspaper, I see something. Hosanna, save now. I don't understand how certain people can get put in charge of certain countries and the way that they act. Hosanna, save now. I don't understand how these people are acting on my job. Hosanna, save now. That soon coming king, but this is to let us know I got some good news for you. He's here. He's that doctor in the sick room, that lawyer in the courtroom, that wheel in the middle of the wheel. He's that rose of Sharon. He's the blessed potentate. He's the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords. He's the one who was, is, and is to come. He's done everything that's on to us to realize it. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the doors of the church are open, and we invite you to come.